The views expressed on this Turnbuckle Tabloid live stream or Turnbuckle Tabloid podcast episode do not reflect the views, thoughts, or opinions of the RageWorks brand, including the RageWorks podcast network, RageWorks content partners, advertisers, and affiliates. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Turnbuckle Tabloid. Three, two, one. Well, hello, bitches and mitches. I am back. Cookie Monster. Here to bring to you more of the scandalous behind the curtain scenes. Not the stuff at Gorilla Position. More of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes that no one wants you to know. Here in Cookie's Gossip Corner. Shade button, please. So in this week's episode, we're discussing, there has been some talk that there's a certain promoter of the death match genre, who's not happy of what occurred in their past events. Seems as though there was a uh, certain big name player who was on a top notch show who made a visit to their promotion, and they took up all their time, then minimized the main events minutes said promoter it's not pleased it's in constant doubt of whether or not they will bring this up and returning star back into their promotion shade button please so there's also conversations going on that another promoter in the indie field his boon doing a little bit of dipping and dobbing in and out of state and uh, transporting more than wrestlers, if you know what I'm saying. Seems as though this promoter has been known to uh, exercise his traveling by helping out those in the illegal field of pharmacy. Seems as though this individual can't get away from their old ways, but still puts up a front as though that they are holier and down and continuing a righteous path. Shame on please. And finally, it looks as though there's a certain uh, trainer out there in a uh, school that is teaching their students more than what's going on in the ring, but also in the bedroom. It seems as though that there is an individual out there who's well known for many years who seems to have told others not to dance with the opposite sex, but doesn't hold well to his own dance instructions. It seems as though this person loves to do the salsa, the merengue, and the horizontal mambo with his own female students. Ooh, scandalous. Sweet button, please. 
Well, that'll close up this week's episode of Kuge Monsters Cossip Corner. We will return later on when we hear more of the juicy and the more scandalous of that what's going on in wrestling behind the curtains and personally underneath the sheets. Ta-ta! Love you all! From Kuge Monster. This segment is brought to you by Turnbuckle Tabloid. Hey, this is Jordan Oliver, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Tabloid. Give me a fucking mic! Turnbuckle Tabloid, cutting a promo. As I sit in a utility closet at work, preparing to get together this cutting a promo, I'm thinking about the history of wrestling in the early 2000s and how it progressed. And with that, I said, eh, fuck it. Might as well just do the cutting a promo in here. It's a nice ambiance. Uh, I really have too much sound in the background and such. Everything's uh, going as planned for the evening, seeing as though that the the patients are sleeping, so that's a good thing. But I start to think about with the upcoming Ring of Honor Hall of Fame, the early stages of Ring of Honor and how from stories that I've heard from other wrestlers and other promoters and such that a company which was basically discussed on a car ride to another indie promotion, a conversation, some ideas pitched, a wrestling video distributor and other entities came together to form the promotion known as ROH Ring of Honor. It became a launching pad to many indie stars and a somewhat of a presence in the main stream field of wrestling, which affected other promotions such as WWE, Impact Wrestling, and to this day, AEW. We start off with the early days of Ring of Honor where uh, ECW had just closed its doors not too long ago and there was still some, uh, I guess, void left by the ECW company and the fan base was missing that sort of style of wrestling. WCW was closing his doors as well. And uh, WWE was basically the only game in the house to watch. In early 2001, individuals got together to form Ring of Honor to get some guys some work, but also try to change the game in which wrestling had been using for quite some time. The addition of certain rules, such as a handshake before a match and other forms of rules, policies, and disciplines was implemented into the company. Guys from not only 
well, guys who were superstars from other promotions were brought into the company to get the fan base to draw eyes to ROH. But there was also a reach out to the independents, not only in the eastern seaboard, but across the country. We had a California kid. Well, he wasn't a kid at the time. He was basically probably the elder statesman of the crew during there. Christopher Daniels, who came aboard. We also had a Washington State wrestler who was getting eyes on him, known as Brian Danielson. And an Easter Seaboard, New York guy who was known for his intensity and his realism in the ring. A man called Loki, who had basically looked as to be the founding fathers of Ring of Honor. With that, you get also a collective unit of indie guys such as Homicide, Amazing Red, SAT, uh, deranged and much, much more who will not only become part of Ring of Honor's early days of tape trading, but also be a part of the growth of the promotion. I say these words to you because past couple of weeks we have heard inklings of a Ring of Honor Hall of Fame, and then it was confirmed a week ago at the Briscoes will be the first inductees into the Ring of Honor Hall of Fame. This past week, it was just announced that Brian Danielson will be the next inductee of the Ring of Honor Hall of Fame as well. So for cutting a promo, my discussion was going to be not only who should be also in the first class ballot list, but also uh, where Ring of Honor started from, where it went and what happened to it. We already have heard the basic, uh, I guess, reasoning on why Ring of Honor is at the state that it is right now. You know, the biggest reason could be pointed to or can point to the fact that the pandemic really hurt the promotion. Granted, uh, could they have done other things, taken other measures in which to ensure that this company could have stayed afloat? Yeah, sure. We saw how other companies were able to still run and manage through the pandemic. But in comparison to how uh, money is utilized and, and fluctuated and stressed through these other promotions, such as Impact and AEW, Ring of Honor didn't have its appeal as it did in previous years. It kind of lost its luster after some time. Could it be the fact that the network in which carried them and also funded them was one in which not many could find on a regular cable outlet? Could have been the possibility that the uh, Honor Club website which you could join a membership and be able to watch their pay-per-views as well as their shows didn't do as well as people uh would have hoped for could there have been uh, some other usages of other outlets 
which should have been utilized early on, such as Pluto, uh, Tubi and such, that could have probably put the company over and, you know, sometime back rather than, you know, where it was just too late for it to, to draw a fan base. Who's to say? But with that being said, the company right now is, uh, let's say, in hiatus. The talk is the possibility of being more of a one-shot promotion who will do monthly or bi-monthly events, uh, such as uh, Game Changer Wrestling, and do away with the storyline angle base wrestling tropes. It's unfortunate because Ring of Honor had so much talent go through their doorways that basically launched the careers of many individuals in which we see on television these days, such as, as we mentioned, Brian Danielson, Christopher Daniels, uh, Kevin Owens, which is, who was known as Kevin Steen, Seth Rollins, uh, who was known as Tyler Black, uh, Austin Aries, Samoa Joe, We've seen so many individuals go through the hollowed gates of Ring of Honor who have become such a success story that now it's a shadow of itself knowing what it's become. Early on, the company had its foibles and its issues where uh, said owner of company uh, was involved and charged with some illegal instances which forced him to resign in his, his position but it was a guy named Gabe Sapolsky who basically took over the helm and took over the booking and uh, talent search for the company and did quite well at the at the job we had gone from talents such as Eddie Guerrero and Super Crazy who were on the card to bringing in talented wrestlers such as Nigel McGuinness, uh, Austin Aries, as I mentioned earlier, and Davey Richards, and much, much more. The Eastern Seaboard, as well as the Midwest, had also seen its fair share of Ring of Honor and the flood base, the the, the flood and fan base became rampant and recognized uh, through the wrestling as well as other wrestling promotions taking notice. We were with the addition of also bringing in uh, bookers such as Adam Pierce and getting to make connections with such promotions such as New Japan Wrestling, Dragon Gate, and other promotions from overseas, Ring of Honor started making a headway to uh, connecting with a fan base. We, we get a different style of wrestling, a different look of wrestlers, and we also get a, a cornucopia, if, as I may say, of uh, not only gimmicky style wrestlers, but also talented, technical, and uh, boisterous performers who 
gave us the look, feel, and realism of professional wrestling. Once Sinclair acquired uh, the the rights to Ring of Honor, you they had a steady network to work on, but Sinclair wasn't a company which everybody could find. So uh, just you know, the the days of tape trading were gone, and now we were on the hunt to find where Ring of Honor was being filmed, and kind of frustrated wrestling fans alike. Kind of reminded of many wrestling fans who was into ECW early on, who had to find different ways of finding ECW. Uh, we're doing a deja vu sense of feel when they were on the hunt to find Ring of Honor. But then we also get the afflux of what became one of the I guess, staples of Ring of Honor, which became their tag team divisions, where we saw uh, teams like uh, um, Shelton, Benjamin, and Charlie Haas, uh, Kings of Wrestling, uh, with uh, Cesaro, uh, Chris Hero, we also had the Briscoes, you had the, the American Wolves. To me, that was when Ring of Honor became a real focal point of wrestling and its wrestling fan base. You know, you get, of course, they're not, you know, they're, they're well-known pay-per-views such as Final Battle and um, you, you get Best in the World, which just screams uh, uh, talent. It still was uh, a growth within the wrestling fan base. But yet it was still troubling because although it was more of a passing along of words and and sharing of information through the fans, you could tell in the crowds and certain arenas and such, unless it was with a a city that had a large uh, backing, that Ring of Honor was still just a indie promotion that had a big money backer behind it. Then we get the big push when Bullet Club from New Japan became a focal point in Ring of Honor where you had uh, the likes of the Young Bucks, Cody Rose, Kenny makes an appearance and such. Uh, it, 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 it gave more of a connection with uh, other wrestlers as well because when they were able to leave their contracts from other promotions or release, many of them wanted their first trip back into wrestling would be at Ring of Honor. That's where they wanted to uh, prove that they were the best in the world, the best to uh, compete Guys like Adam Cole, um, uh, uh, Michael Elgin, these were individuals that brought out the best in 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 wrestlers coming in from other companies. Tag teams like Red Dragon, Bobby Fish, and, and Kyle O'Reilly 
what proved night and night after night that the tag team division was the tag team division that needed to be recognized as the best. Ring of Honor has had its fair share of quote unquote five star matches. You hear the Samoa Joe matches. You hear the Nigel McGuinnesses and Brian Danielsons. You hear uh, the 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 wars that Jay Lethal. Jay Briscoe and such had, you know, you get the, the factions, the six man tag team champs. You get all these, these known accomplishments, the pure championship, which is now, uh, being used as a format and terminus. It breeds and bred talent in which we're looking at now who exploded from there, like Jonathan Grisham. You get uh, 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 Rhett Titus, Kenny King. Ring of Honor had its, its highs and its lows, but in many people's eyes, Ring of Honor had much of its eyes and was very much in in the same category when it come, came to talent with the WWE. Now, with the announcement of the Ring of Honor, uh, Ring of Honor's Hall of Fame. The question, in which everybody is asking, is who will become the next inductees? Now, of course, the obvious would be, as I mentioned earlier, the 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 pioneers, the 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 ones who laid the groundwork. We already had one going in. We 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 mentioned Brian Danielson. Uh, one. Uh, one who makes more sense than anyone else will be Christopher Daniels. Um, I mentioned Loki earlier, which will be a great accomplishment. Funny because Loki does not seem like the kind of guy who would uh, who have a, a long and uh, very engrossed acceptance speech. But he would be interesting to hear as a... Uh, a person being inducted into the Hall of Fame. I mentioned earlier in, in the previous podcast as well that homicide definitely should be in there as well. But um there's so much so much talent that out there that could be considered for their first year inductees. Um like I mentioned earlier in the tag team division, SAT when they first came in was a team that revolutionized uh, uh, wrestling as well in the tag team division. They uh, changed the game. Such a, and also Amazing Red, who did the same for the promotion as well, being a young, up and coming um, kid from Brooklyn who was using martial arts, uh, anime moves, and his understanding of wrestling to catapult not only the promotion, but also his stardom as well. Right. Now you got guys who made appearances there due to cross promotion. You had AJ Styles who had phenomenal matches through there. Uh, pun intended with the word phenomenal. And, um, tons, tons more of people who need to be recognized for not only bringing their talents to the Ring of Honor, but bringing their in-ring abilities, their personas, their charisma, and their ability to bring eyes to the product that should be recognized 
in the hollow holes of Ring of Honor's Hall of Fame. It's just sad that it has to be done at this time because this is something that might have probably put more emphasis of the importance of the company if they would have done a Hall of Fame uh, a few years ago. Many may believe that they didn't have enough in the tank or on their roster to say that they should be able to put individuals in the Hall of Fame. But when you get the lights of tag teams such as Team 3D, when you get guys like Tommy Dreamer who passed through there as well, um, you you can't say that they they didn't have a uh, foundation, a focal point to start a Hall of Fame. I've um, I'm looking forward to see who who who's going to be their first inductees. I will be one who who not only will be watching um, closely on how they are going to put this together. Will it be a uh, a large lavish event? I was just at uh, GCW's Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame show, which was actually really good. It was, it was you know for said company they had, they did a good job for. And I brought out the guns for uh, the honorees. So I'd like to see what Ring of Honor does. And uh, hopefully um, the fans will be able to be a part of it and show their appreciation and love for the wrestlers who partook in the history of Ring of Honor. ROH, and as I mentioned, I said, should be bought by an individual and not by controlled by a network or a company. A broadcasting company, I think individuals or individuals should come together by the library, by the promotion, and be another outlet for not only up-and-coming stars in the indie scene, but guys who deserve their run, who deserve the respect that they get, and not just be used as puppets or uh, uh, fodder just to uh, give a cheap pop and then run them off once it's done with. So what you guys take on Ring of Honor and their Hall of Fame, as well as their history in the business and what's their effect. Uh, I'm going to post it up on the Turnbuckle Tabloid pages to see you guys um, thoughts and opinions of it. And uh, don't go anywhere. We have much more coming down. We have a conversation this week with a man that I found he and I had a lot in common. Uh, no, I, it wasn't the fact that we're both good-looking, bald men. That's not it as well, although that could have uh, played a part in it. But uh, also, not only do we have a love of wrestling, but also he's into he's into acting as well. Uh, our guy, Jay Lover, uh, as you guys may know him in the indie scenes, but uh, in his I, I, I am DB, he's known as a Jerry Tedesco, he stops in to discuss his early stages, his early days of wrestling. He and I actually uh, share the same uh, uh, common uh, familiarity when it came to his up, upstart in wrestling, as well as um, much, much more. So, guys, don't go anywhere. Stick around. We'll return with more Turbuckle Tabloid. See you guys in a second. What's going on, everybody? Tony G here, better known to the world as Josie's Boy, a.k.a. your girl's favorite artist. And today I'm here to tell you about my company, 
Painting in Blue. Painting in Blue is a creative process established in 2017, and we specialize in handmade custom leather goods. We coined the term luxury minimalism because we believe even in your everyday life, no matter how much running around you have to do, you can still stand out and be fly. We create everything from luxury handbags to wallets and some of the best leathers you can find that you would love to carry on a day-to-day basis. So if you believe in looking fly while you handle your business while pushing fashion forward, make sure you guys go to paintedinblue.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at underscore painted in blue on Instagram and on Facebook at painted in blue. This is the really big deal, Brian Burgundy, and you're listening to the number one podcast in the world and that turnbuckle tabloid. that I need for us, and I, I don't think I've ever asked a, a wrestler this before, but where do you come up with the gimmick names from, or or is it that you know promoters or trainers and such they they give you it, they tag you with it, or is it like when we do in a neighborhood where you just get a name and somebody just uh, just says, "Hey, you look like a a spiky," and you become a spiky? Like how do, how does the gimmick name works? <laughs> oh man, it, it it just depends. It varies with different people, man. Like me. uh I, when I first started, I actually, um, a lot of people used to say they look like, a, uh, what, how do you say his name? Comer Pyle from uh, Full Metal Jacket. Oh, uh, 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 D'Anafrio. Yeah. Vincent D'Anafrio. Yeah, so anyway, yeah, I was like 14, 15, and they were like, all right, so let's do an army gimmick then. And I did some private steel thing for quite a few years. And then, uh, when I went to Jersey All Pro, um, the promoter, God rest his soul, Fat Frank, uh, he says, I'm calling you Jay Lover, and you're going to use the music Be My Lover, and you're going to do this dance, and, and that's where I got mine at. But uh, it just varies. It's, it's, it's different <laughs> with everybody, you know? It's like you said. Some people can get it from the street, you know? And um, some people, you know, it could be a graffiti thing they used to do back in the day, whatever, you know? Speaking of, uh, uh, I, I saw I saw on your Facebook recently that you posted a picture of your brother, and uh, we, have a t- we have a bond. We have a connection somewhere. You posted a picture of your brother, and you said you he was in Pedro's gym? Oh yeah, uh, Grand Street. Yeah, and it's funny, the Pedro and his family actually lived in my building. They were my. I lived on the second floor. They lived on the fourth. So, I uh, I was I grew up with his sons, and uh, we would go to the gym and we would play around in the ring. I would go to his um his events, and they would throw um wow. the block parties. Would be they would have the the wrestling events. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, and then in that small um, place that used to be a bodega on Grand Street. Right. Exactly. That's Not too far from uh, yeah. what used to be Eastern District. It was a uh, town. Yeah. Uh, I, I, back, yeah. Did you work out there as well? Did you train there? Uh yeah, I trained there most of the beginning of my career. I, I mean, I I started at Pete McKay's in the Lower East Side, and then uh, got hooked up at Pedro's through a guy back then named Gorgeous Greg Starr. And uh, Jason Knight. Uh, uh, so they broke over there. I met Pedro and everybody there, and everybody beat the hell out of me. And then you know, for the rest of history. <laughs> uh, so you do know the you know the sons. You know Angel and Lewis. 
Not Angel Lewis, yeah. Oh my God, please! <laughs> so you were in that? I think it was like a what avenue, what avenue was that again? It was a big brown building. We were in Manhattan Avenue. We were in Barrican Projects. Yeah, Manhattan Avenue. That's right. And that big brown building, I think it was. Right. Yep. 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 That that was that was my building. That was my neighborhood. And that's how uh, Homicide and I are are uh, ties that bind as well because he, he trained there as well and uh, went to school oh, together. Sure. Yeah, he was a year younger than me. We went to school together as well. But we always like crossed paths, but never really linked up until uh, not too long ago. And, um, yeah, yeah. and, I, and I met, well, we met as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you, it is. It's, it's crazy. So you were there when, I mean, <laughs> I remember when they would have guys who would come in that was like, uh, he would have offshoot wrestlers that weren't quite WWE wrestlers that they were, <laughs> they, they had similarities. It wasn't the ultimate warrior. It was like rebel warrior. Oh, oh rebel warrior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we we had the crazy clown. I remember him, the right. crazy clown. Uh, I think there was one oh, that was like man. Coco Savage. Or something. <laughs> I remember oh, what, Coco Powers. Coco Powers, right, yeah, right, right. Oh, wow, <laughs> yeah, that you had Savages. You had um, the the Predator Harold. Yeah, and that's where I met Homicide at when he was a uh, Latin Terror. Right, the um, Latin Terror. Oh guy, my God, Mike Stone. God rest his soul. He, he would have he definitely would have been on TV today. Mike Stone mm-hmm. uh, and his brother Mad Dog. I don't know if you remember him. I remember Mad yeah. Dog Joe Stone. I, it's funny uh, because we're going back. Now, Benji, don't forget Benji. Oh, Benji. Yeah, as a matter of fact, yeah, yeah. He would. He would be. He'd be, around, he'd be uh, Warpath was another one. We would um the, when they would do the um when they would do the uh, the block party shows. It would be on Seagull Street, which would be on the side building. I mean, the side street next to the building. And uh-huh. their entryway would have to come out from the back of the project building and they will walk through <laughs> the park into the street. And, you know, me being a big wrestling fan and such, I would just rib the whole shit because, you know, everybody, the whole, the whole neighborhood would love it. And I would just be ribbing this whole shit because I was like, like, you know, this I, I, bargain basement motherfuckers. But I was also sitting there going, <laughs> rubbing elbows with the guys and like, Yo, you guys are legit. Like, <laughs> it was fucking great. Man, let me tell you something. They weren't anything big, but man, they used to be on some really hot summer days, and and those crowds in those in those in the hoods over there, like there, East New York, everything. They were they were they were loud and rowdy. Oh yeah, please. <laughs> let me tell you, we would sit back having a a bottle of Saint Eyes or sipping on a uh, on a um. Uh, what would we have at the time? Maybe some uh, uh, vodka and orange juice mix. Oh, Am I please put the Hawaiian punch in the in the, yeah, in the, the same eyes? <laughs> in the same eyes, we put the Hawaiian punch. But the special, we made our own special brews. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And mind yep. you, I was I was what what fifteen, sixteen years old, seventeen around that time, doing this ridiculousness, and I'm going. Not for nothing. This is actually fun as shit. We would help hook up the up, build the ring with them, and everything. It was real. It was real cool. Oh man, that ring was uh, serious, man. Those long ass uh, wooden beams and putting that thing together, man. That, yeah. And I was just talking with somebody the other day about it, man. That ring, that ring has been through a lot and it stood strong, man. I don't know when it was built, but wow, <laughs> it's been around everywhere. We uh, we would go we would go to Angel because Angel would be the um, the Puerto Rican Avenger, and he would you know he would gimmick it up with his face paint on with the Puerto Rican flag and I'd be like how the fuck are you the champion oh I remember your dad is the promoter and <laughs> <laughs> so was that, oh, was, that man, your, was that your early beginnings yeah that was my early beginnings um, like I said I started at Pete McKay's and uh, Pete McKay had a gym over there uh, which projects was it it was down by Houston Street 
on the Lower East Side the Avenue. Lower Side, yeah, yeah, Lower East Side, yeah. They had like you know, um, uh, what do you call them? Um, you know, Jason brought me there, and you had guys like uh, Chris Canyon there, uh, Devon when he was A Train, mm-hmm. Dick Dudley when he was Alexander the Great, and, uh, Joe Gertner, and all these guys. And uh, I'll never forget, man. I, I was still 14, you know what I mean? I was like, you know, it wasn't tough, tough, tough yet. So I'll never forget, man. And this is when Giuliani was campaigning uh, for his first run at mayor. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget, Jason used to chop the shit out of me. And I'm 14, man. I was like 300 chubby kids. I was trying to block, and then he would chop me even more because I tried to block. And I'll never forget, man. Him and I forget who else. They just took turns beating the crap out of me. <laughs> I go in the other room, and I'm not going to lie. I, I was letting out tears. I was like, oh, man. But I didn't give up. <laughs> Hell no. Well, but so that you... was the first time I experienced it since probably 50, over 50 chops. And my chest was bloody all over the place. And I'm, fourth, like I said, young. And I'll never forget, Giuliani's walking by, coming into the same building. I think they had like a, a center there or something for right. his campaign and next door. And you see, I'm over there crying. So I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so, wow, you came in. That was the first see, and only time, though. You came that was in. The only time I cried. Yeah, you came in really young, man. That's, uh, that, that, that's, uh, that, that's not easy for, for guys. But in the, you know, in the 90s, it was kind of different, though, because in the 90s, you know, like yeah. Pedro and those guys, they were taking guys, you know, like, like, you know, freshmen in high school, they, they, yeah. they'll take them in, you know, hell, fuck it. If you, you didn't tell, we didn't tell. We put you on a fucking spot show. Nobody care. Nobody gave a shit. Yeah. <laughs> put you on. Yeah. So, uh, I'm not paying. I'm just giving you a hot dog and a CNC soda. So you're all good. Exactly. <laughs> so where, 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 where are you originally from? Uh, Astoria, Queens. Oh, okay. Oh, so that you you traveled for, for when it used to be Astoria. <laughs> when, it, when it used to be, right? Yeah, it's all different now. But yeah, Astoria, Queens, and then I went to uh, Woodside, and then Brooklyn, and Lower East Side, and now I'm up in the Bronx. Okay, so yeah, so like I said, you 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 traveled for the craft because you know in the '90s, you know there was Pedro's, and you said there was Pete's, and then uh, Doghouse came, you know, a little bit later and such. Uh, yeah, but you know, you 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 had to find wrestling spots. You had to look for it. Yeah, I mean, and um, and uh, yeah, like I said, Pedro's, and then uh, you know, other people with their block parties. I don't know if you remember guys like Manny LeBron and mm-hmm. uh, Bandito and all of them, and uh, White Star and all these guys always had shows by the Biker Bar over there in Williamsburg. Yeah, uh, and then came um, uh, Jersey All Pro. Uh, I knew Frank before JAPW. Mm-hmm. I met him too when I first started out. Um, it was actually, uh, you know how the fans wait outside the garden after a WWE show? Right. Back then, w- WWF. Uh, you know, we met him out there when he was uh, giving out flyers for uh, when he had a promotion called NSWA. So before JAPW, I was with Frank in NSWA, and then he, you know, went to Bayonne and started JAP. Yeah, and and those early days when you guys are uh, because uh, you 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 had that that early run where a lot of guys uh, who you know pretty much was the <laughs> renaissance of New York City indie wrestling. Uh, you you were on that time, like you said, the homicides, the amazing reds, SATs. They were um, you know getting their you know getting their teeth uh, um, sharpened during that time. Yeah. And um, all of a sudden, you see the 
the growth that happens, the 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 early um, the early explosion of New York City wrestling when ICW kicked off and such was that. How um, how quickly was it before you started getting legit bookings and then actually the 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 CNC sodas and the hot dogs actually became real money? <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, it was like four years. Mm. JP actually, I would have to say, was the first paid. Uh, bookings i believe i recall <laughs> this is a long time ago so yeah um yeah i think it was jpw i mean i'll never forget back to old pedro story i was just talking with somebody about it you know pedro never paid anybody it was always soda hot dog whatever but blah, blah. we used to have weekly meetings all the wrestlers and my dad got arrested so he was like a big character actor monster type and just a big dude don't mess around so my father's like these guys want to get paid. God damn it. Like, get in all of us. I'm like, Oh shit. Pedro is like saying them in Spanish and changing the subject is crazy. No, the best yeah, part about it. Never is that got people, paid to the best, the best part about this is that I've spoken to homicide about this and then the, and other guys who have, who know who Pedro is. And if, if people would know the person that we're talking about, you would laugh because mm-hmm. Pedro was like knee high private eye. And, and, and height. Yeah. He was a little guy. Was a, 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 had a like you know a barrel frame for for his size. Mm-hmm, yeah. And mm-hmm. um, we, I would always laugh because whenever we we would go to their apartment, we would go to their house. He would have his picture of him in his in his wrestling gear in Puerto Rico and have the championship belt or whatever. And I would always tell the the sons, I'm like, why is your father's belt bigger than him? Right. <laughs> <The beat. laughs> And it's, Dude, I was supposed to, I was booked to wrestle him on one show too, and someplace in Brooklyn, a different place in a school, on a, an auditorium. And it's the same thing you said. He's so short, I'm so tall, and like back then, I'm you know I was chubby. I was like three forty. I was like, wow, this is gonna be weird. Yeah, but it didn't happen. <laughs> but uh, it was on the poster, but it didn't happen. But uh, yeah, I know what you mean. He was real short. But wow, you, oh, you, and you... God forbid you go outside the ring. Oh <laughs> no, no, I'm please. Like... Oh my. I mean, you could you you literally could step. Over the top rope and then hit the floor. It was that the the, the ring yeah. wasn't even that high. <laughs> it was just like no. I mean, like if like if you take your match outside and you can watch old tapes, you'll see him. No, get in the ring. Get in the <laughs> ring. No more. I remember Going the match. <laughs> there was a match. They were at um. They were at one of the schools. It was up uh uh up uh, up the way, and um in Bushwick <laughs> and uh. Uh, Angel is 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 wrestling. I, I don't I don't know. I'm not I'm not gonna say it was night. It probably was somebody somebody else. But he throws. He, yeah, he he was thrown. He was thrown to the the guardrail, and the guardrail exploded, and it just knocked everyone the fuck down. And I was saying oh, like, man. I don't think that was supposed to happen. <laughs> I'm like I'm sitting there going, yeah, and and all you see is Pedro go. Go back, like you said. Go back in the ring. Go back. <laughs> and I'm like, there's a problem here. People might be hurt. He said, "Take it back to the better, back to the ring." <laughs> oh man, whenever like guys like me, Homicide or, or Leighton, Tower Torture, Shaolin mm. were in the ring, he was make sure he was around because we always went nuts. <laughs> oh, as a matter of fact, I always the the, the reference that we use in, in my family, we always said they look like the the the, the creepleys from um, Flintstones, the episode where they, they they moved next door to the family who was like the Adams family. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was that's what we said. Pedro and them look like. So you 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 know you remember guy remember they remember a guy named Big Joe. I just thought of that too. Big Joe. Wow, 
Mm. But he, you, he was part of the Luchadors there. Yeah, but you're saying you were you 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 were you were big, three forty. I mean, three forty. I was smoking Newport, so I used to get winded like crazy. And, yeah, but you know, yeah, for was, a teenager, you know, teenager, that's a that, that's a that's a that's some weight to carry to get in the ring with. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. But, I I wasn't you know I wasn't fast or anything, so but I you know. Luckily, uh, I lost all that weight and stopped smoking cigarettes because I used to look back then and like, wow, yeah, it's crazy. Was it always wrestling? Did you ever even partake? Because for, for coming to 340, I could see that you could have been somebody's center or, or left guard for football. Like, you could have, you could have, you know, blocked some guys. Yeah, I, I used to um, play a lot of street ball, basketball, but uh, yeah, I, might, I would never make it to like a big league there, but I was like serious with it, like every single day, man. And that's, that helped me lose a lot of weight. And, uh, you know, my weight, I was good boxing people out and, you know, and taking center <laughs> street ball, you know, how rough that is. Uh, gruesome. Uh, what, what was the Lord of wrestling? What was it that brought you in? Cause everybody has the story. Everybody has the grandmother who used to watch it or the uncle who brought him in. What was the lore for you with wrestling? I think my dad, just like why I'm in acting, he, he wrestled in the late sixties at like Sunnyside gardens for Vince's father and all that stuff. Mm. Um, and he had all the connections and always, when I was a kid, always took me to WWF backstage when I was a kid. And, you know, I was just growing up watching it channel 47 and Saturdays and this channel, that channel. When we had the TV with the thing, the knob, you turn. (laughs) I remember watching in Spanish and all like, you know, so yeah, that, and then, uh, and then uh, him, him and Jason hung out a lot. Uh, Jason used to come over, we used to go to his place, and, you know, we came down to, like, you know, let's take him to the school and try it out, and I did. And my dad was not, you know, lenient you know on I me. Mean? He told everybody, beat the, beat the shit out of him. Beat him up. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you have to. Yeah, back there, I mean, I don't you know, it's, you have to get toughened up that way. I was telling uh, I was telling D, I was telling Homicide one, um, one conversation we had, and we both... Uh, we both came to um, a finding that when you mentioned the TV, there was a channel on the UHF stations. It was a U68. And Mm U68 on um, Monday through Friday uh, from six to eight, they would show the NWA, the WCW, the AWA. They would show it because we didn't have cable. So they would mm-hmm. have those, and and that's where we found out, you know, the the, the Terry Funks, the Ric Flairs, the the Midnight Express and stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was always cool for me to go to school while all my friends were knowing WWF stuff. And I'm telling them, I was like, you guys don't know about Dusty Rhodes? Like, <laughs> like they didn't know anything. No. Since your father was already in, did you already have uh, some kind of, you know, knowledge going in about like Outside the WWF, because that was a Northeast thing. Did you know about the Larry Zabiscos and stuff like that? Uh, I didn't. I didn't. I mean, I knew a little bit about it, but I was always on to WWF back then. I was always, uh, you know, let's see. So I started watching 84, actually, when Hogan uh, beat Iron Sheik. And I just always, I guess I always been, I mean, I knew, like I said, I watched the other stuff, but I just always been so tied to WWF back then. Mm-hmm. You know, when it was larger than life, like freaking, you know, the Hogan's, the Andres, and Pipers, and Orndorff, and everybody. Uh, yeah, but I, I mean, I think it also had to do like, you know, with the TV. You know what I mean? Back then, we didn't have access to all this libraries and footage we could watch. You know what I mean? All right. So I, yeah, I mostly watched the, that, and I had forty-seven. I had um, whatever the hell, is, you know, the Saturday shows were on in the back then. I forgot. The superstars, <laughs> the wrestling challenge, yeah. and stuff. 
Hell, we yeah. hell. I was I was so into prime that. time at night. Yeah, prime time. <laughs> hell, I would even watch Glow. I was even watching the, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. I was I was <laughs> so into it. So you get older, you start work working Jersey, start getting um start getting uh paid. Uh, who was your first marquee match that uh that that uh that people might remember names? You could name drop here. Like, what was your big marquee match? Okay. Uh, first marquee match. Wow. Going back now. First marquee match. Holy crap. Hold on. Holy crap. Brain freeze. I mean, you're talking about early back then or are you talking about any time? Well, early back then would be would have been would be cool, but since you know, we, we get rust in the brain the older we get. Like who who has yeah. been like big guys that you, you've been in the ring with? Big guys I've been in the ring with, uh you got Jason, Bundy, um uh Axe. Uh, uh, let's see. Let's see. ECW uh, worked with Sandman, uh, New Jack, Axel Rotten, nine one one. Wow, there's just so much, so much more, and I'm just having a brain freeze right now because we're going back. It's it's it's, it's cool because I like I, I see you guys now. Homicide, of course. Yeah. <laughs> we, I, we, Man, back then, bro, if you would have seen our feuds, like we we hit each other like brothers. <laughs> no, this is what I'm saying. Like, like I know, like I I know the circle. I've I, like I followed it uh, for the longest, but I've never. I was never. I was one of those that 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 um was was hood, but also had that connection. That his geekdom was there. So I the, yeah. the only thing that I never really got. Uh, to be more involved with wasn't until later on was like to go to indie shows, and when I started. Uh, seeing guys like you and uh, and uh, and um, guys who were coming out the doghouse, like the the, the Montos and stuff like that, I was like, you know, I, I I was really impressed by how New York was repping, and um, you know, like you said, Jersey was was, was the other way too. Um, how is it that you know you get into the business and it starts helping you to open doors to get next to other promoters because it's not easy to, you know embark in other connections where, where other promoters see, see you. How was it back then? You know, nowadays it's YouTube. Back then, how was yeah, it that you got up? Yeah, yeah. Word of mouth. Word right. of mouth. Send tapes in. The good old VHS tapes. Uh, and yeah, just showing up to shows, talking to promoters and, and paying dues or whatever, you know? Going to a 99 cent store, getting a, a rack of tapes and just recording, making copies. Uh, <laughs> exactly, yeah. With the double head, the double uh, VCR thing. <laughs> what was your What was your dad's first like thoughts of you once you started getting uh, the work? When what did uh, they give you shit or did well, <laughs> he passed before? Unfortunately, he passed in '96 before JAP uh, came about. Um, oh. So he was around only for like the Pedro days, and you know I think he would have definitely been happy and proud, you know, and because um, uh, he, he like you know with Fred Frank they both were tight too as well. Um, right. Both of them, wow, they're both upstairs right now. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, he he definitely would have been proud. But he he got to just see like the, you know, um, Pedro's or the old old Gino Caruso's, uh, and old block parties and stuff like that. Yeah, that he that... managed me too. He even managed uh, Homicide and Mike Stone, um, the Hit Squad back then. And uh, there was one time, oh my God, bro. <laughs> it was that Pedro's. Um, uh, we did a thing where I was handcuffed at the end. Mm. And you know he's trying to get you know he's selling selling and he thinks he's you know just holding me on calm me down but he's making the handcuffs tighter and nobody can find the key. 
and I'm yelling. I'm like, Dad, stop with the like, not like from the fans. I'm like, oh, and I told him in a way nobody here. And he's like, good, stay like that. And he left me. I was like, my hands were purple. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, somebody probably got out there. There goes to show you that. Yeah, tough love. Yeah, yeah, tough love. Yeah, the, the, yeah. that that love wasn't gimmicked. That was, that, that was that was work there. So, uh, so no, he's a, he's a reason, man. He, but you know, like I say, past ninety six, he was um, he was huge too, and he did a lot of movies and smoked four packs of cigarettes a day, which weren't on his side. Yeah, oh, and, uh, diet wasn't too great. So, he, he, leading up to that, I mean, you wrestled for pretty much. I mean, you're still you're still getting the ring um, here and there, but you know you've 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 transitioned. You've you followed your, your dad's path to uh, to acting and such. Was that um? Did you go to school? Did you did you classically train or or? Um... I mean, no, I didn't. I mean, I went to some you know workshops and stuff like that. Um, when I was younger, I didn't take it serious. Uh, he, he got me actually as an extra on Goodfellas. That was the first movie set I ever worked on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still didn't take it seriously. You know, and I was just sitting there and, you know, uh, for me back then though, the pay was great, especially at that age, <laughs> uh, and all the food and stuff, but mm-hmm. I never took it seriously until, um, cause back then to join the screen actors guild, you had to, uh, either, you know, it's, it was tough. It was hard. Like nowadays, anybody on TikTok to join the freaking union is crazy. <laughs> yeah. But uh, back then, you had to like hope you get jobs that you get either set, uh, you know, three what they call waivers, SAG waivers, Tefar leaves, and, uh, or speaking line. And it, it took me a while. I mean, I was doing it here and there, and then I got basketball diaries. Uh, got the three days there. My father knew somebody to, you know, help me get those waivers. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful for that. And he passed, and I actually I joined the union the same month he passed. I was like, I'm I'm taking over. You know what I mean? I'm continuing his footsteps. Okay. And yeah, then from there I started taking it seriously. I um I, I mentioned it because like I said before the mics went on that I too was in that field, and to see you doing it, I'm like, shit. You know, bald headed guy can still get in the business, right? We got, I, I can still find a yeah. way. We go, yeah. regardless of what it is. Doesn't matter what age you are, yeah. Yeah, I, and you mentioned the, <laughs> the to get your SAG card. I was, I had it. It was, it was in my hand. I was ready to go. I, I actually got a, a, a speaking line in the uh, Spike Lee movie Clockers. I had it. Oh wow! Okay, I love that movie. Okay. Right. I was actually going to play uh, the 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 story uh, the the individual who the story is based around when the kid gets killed i was gonna be oh, the wow. kid i was gonna be the kid that gets killed i met spike and everything I met mike star as well uh during the audition He's and stuff man. was ready to go yeah. and i had to turn it down because my grandfather was was um dying of cancer and i was like i i, I can't do the role and not be close to the fan to uh, be with the oh, family yeah yeah and, it, and like I, around that same time, I was in that area. I was there, but um, I did, I, you know, I did extra work as well. I did uh, some extra work for um, a brother's kiss, music videos and such. And that was there. How is it that now, that you know, how has it changed from then to now with uh, with with the theater and uh, well, with movies and cinema, TVs and stuff? Like, what's because uh, it's it's a bigger lure now. It's a bigger it's a bigger calling in New York now. Yeah, no, everything's, uh, the, what major big things are, black and white headshots are no longer. <laughs> um, everything's electronically now, like you never, you pretty much don't even need uh, oh my God. headshot. Remember <laughs> that? You have to buy like a thousand freaking uh, 
headshots with your well, your uh, resume behind it. <laughs> and now, I mean, now and and back then also, like there was no, <clears throat> you know, actors access and casting networks and all this stuff. You know, um, I mean, I have represent, you know, agents and managers that, you know, submit me and stuff, but I also look too, you know what I mean? Back then you had to like go by the backstage newspaper and mail your headshots in. That, that thing, that's no more. I mean, there's a couple of places here and there that I want you to mail a hard copy, but everything is online. Everything's electronically now. And, you know, I mean, you know, another there, there could be more union commercials. There's mostly non-union commercials and I can't do them. Right. But, uh, like back then there were a lot more union, but I mean, those are like the major changes I see. And I'm now with COVID, you know, the pandemic hit, everything is virtual. Now there's like, there's no in-person auditions. They, we, we make the uh, self-tapes at home. Yeah. this So is, I got a little studio set up to self-tape and, you know. Yeah. This is, this, this is my end because uh, <laughs> I've, I've heard from many people who says I have a voice for radio. So <laughs> I was like, yeah. yeah, and I have a face for it too, apparently. But I, I, I've been told that I should, you know, try for voiceover work. And that's, you know, I, that's an avenue that I, I want to really like, go into because a lot of people are doing it these days. A lot of people are yeah, just, yeah. they're doing that. I've got quite a few people to set up. You, you got a, you got a thing set up already, right? You got a studio thing set up. Yeah. 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 You know, the only thing that kills me <laughs> for this is I have way too much, um, sound the sound of new york is it's just prevalent oh, you gotta soundproof it more yeah, yeah I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to like uh go into a closet or something i don't know but <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my friend of mine actually did that he set up um, um voiceover thing in his closet yeah i'm gonna have to he submits away yeah i'm gonna have to look into that but you know i i see you know wrestlers now you guys are, are transitioning more to, to to tv and such i just saw um mike verna in a magic spoon commercial the other day Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's done quite a few stuff too. Yeah. Right. I, uh, <laughs> my daughter was there, and I was like, "Hey, I know him." <laughs> it's like, it's like <laughs> but um, yeah, what, yeah. I mean, now that you're um, I mean, you're SAG, and you have your your you know your benefits and such. Like, can you go to a wrestling vet that's televised and be like, "Yo, you know, I'm you know, I'm union, right? You know that, right? <laughs> can you do that?" <laughs> Nah, not that I know. <laughs> that has nothing to do with that. I think if you say union to somebody like WWE or something like that, it'll go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't, nah, I don't know nothing about that. But uh, yeah, because you're the, that, you're the, you're the, you're the. I mean, I've had comedians on the show, but you're, you're, the, I believe, might be the first wrestler who has an IMDb listing. <laughs> I can honestly say yeah. that you have, you have that. Um, how is it, you know, you, you now you rub shoulders, you rub elbows with wrestlers. Now you're rubbing elbows with celebrities. What's the big, um, what's the big mark out moment for you? Like, what, what is it? Uh, meeting, meeting wrestlers or meeting celebrities? Uh, I mean, it's both, you know, in, in the past, you know, um, meeting wrestlers I grew up watching that were heroes when I was younger. You know what I mean? Uh, there was actually a, a match back then for FDW. I was in a tag match against Jake the Snake and uh, his partner, a rock star back then. And I was nervous as hell because you know, I was like, holy crap, I grew up watching this guy. You know what I mean? No. And I shook his hand and I said, it's an honor. He's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? That's what made the jokes there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, guys like, you know, I grew up watching and stuff like that. It's definitely, you know, it's, you get this, you know, or everybody has their heroes that, you know, no matter how long you're in the business, you, you meet them. You, yeah, you know, a ton of respect for her, you know what I mean? Like like Homicide, Terry Funk and all that. You know, um 
but acting, uh, I would have to say one of the most memorable is with Donnie Wahlberg. Yeah, I was just about he, to say you did a face swap with Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> that oh man, we have a history already. Ready? Um, because I work, I used to work on Blue Bloods a lot. Um, and uh, he he knew he found out I was a wrestler, and somehow we started out slowly wrestling on set and just you know act like brothers would do. Mm-hmm. And then out of nowhere, we did a whole thing where we taped promos and we just there was a scene we did that was fake. He 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 had everybody on set in on it. So I'm like, all right, I have my back turned. They go, you know, action. And boom, I don't know where he attacks him from behind and it turns into an all-out war in the, in, in, um, the studio precinct. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing splashes off the desk. I mean, uh, I'll send it to you after this. It's on YouTube, Jerry versus Donnie. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> so to me, I'm like, wow. <laughs> Another one. I, I heard their music when I was a kid. New Kids on the Block and, you know, he's got a big family. And, you know, we became tight. You know what I mean? We became good friends. Um, he looked out, you know, concerts and when I went out to Massachusetts to his restaurant and all that. All right. Look at you. Look Stuff at like that. Mike Starr, like you mentioned, Mike Starr, he's, he was my dad's tight friend. Um, you know, we're in touch and he's, you know, I love being in touch with my dad's friends and um, we just, you know, it's from the past, you know what I mean? My father. And so meeting uh, actually Pesci once um, when they were filming Bronx Tale in Astoria. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was cool with Pesci too. He did movies with him. Uh, Pesci had an apartment that they had for him while he was shooting, shooting in Queens and Pesci lets us go to his apartment. He he cold cuts and while he's filming and stuff, while my dad was hanging out with him, I was like, this is like, (laughs) wow, Pesci. (laughs) Wow. And and you just, you just let out a, a, a a spoiler for people who didn't know a Bronx tale was actually filmed in Queens. (laughs) Yeah. There's a bar on 43rd and 31st or something like that. I forget what street it was. Yeah, I remember I was telling I was telling people um uh the movie with oh my goodness it I just uh, it just it just escaped my mind. It was supposed to be filmed in the Lower East Side, and it was filmed. It's the uh it, it's it's the one about the kids who get oh, who were molested by the the CO. Sleepers, that one. Thank you. It, it, suppo- oh, oh, okay. it was supposed to be filmed in the Lower East Side. Oh, no, and in Hell's Kitchen. But it was actually filmed in Williamsburg and Greenpoint. I just ruined it for people. Yeah. <laughs> just did that. <laughs> Movie magic, bro. I know, right? But, Movie uh, magic. Uh, what do you enjoy more? Do you, you enjoy being in front of the cameras or do you enjoy being in the ring? Yeah, I, I, I love it both. It's all a big part of my life. And I, I don't wrestle much. I mean, I'm doing a match next week uh for steve max 25 years but i mean they're both you know i mean i can't do what everybody does today out there <laughs> and i give mad props to everybody but um i don't know it's, it's a tie i can't say one or the other because wrestling is always gonna be part of me it's always i always get that itch um but i had a lot of memorable uh moments with both fields you know well you always get at cutting promos uh, I mean, yeah, I was always, you know, I did some crazy ones, especially when I used to put together a Grim Reefer, <laughs> <laughs> my old tag partner. Yeah. <laughs> we used to just like go nuts together. We were the BQE. Yeah. Cause you, do some you, 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 you would feel that it was cool that, you know, you, 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 those you have to do, you have to, you have to do one take that's done. It's a, you just in and out, <laughs> you know, yeah. The, yeah. you better make sure that you get the, uh, the green light by, by Lee Stroudsburg and which is the audience. Those are the ones that, yeah. that, that that give you the pass. 
But uh-huh. but as yeah. per um as per doing the you know the 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 camera work and such like that, I I, I know it could be tedious, but I know it's 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 fun nonetheless, man. It's it's one of those things that I tell people: if you're gonna get into business, it's um it's 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 a long painstaking process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It takes sacrifice and patience and. Yeah, same thing with acting, man. It's um, it's you got to be able to deal with rejection. You got to be able to deal with you know, not give up. That's basically it. Not give up and just keep pushing, man. Time will come. Just as in no wrestling, how long it takes. Man. Just as Look at Morgan Freeman. <laughs> uh, exactly. That's why I said it, it could always happen for me. Samuel L. Jackson got into the business late, so I mm-hmm. never yeah. really. I was like, hey, it could happen whenever, whatever you know, whenever the um, the time comes. But you know, yeah. just as in um and and wrestling, you know, um, Hollywood and theater could be uh, you know, shysty as well because you know we we've had our sh- our, our shysty promoters and stuff. Have you ever come across those um agencies that that sc- you know that that want to scam you for the money that just uh oh man, I see them coming a mile away, man. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's um yeah yeah I mean when. They said they look so legit, and it's sad because they're on Facebook. I don't know how they're still able to promote on Facebook. Like, mm-hmm. oh, be in the blacklist, do this and that, and and then you know once they get caught, they change the names. Yeah. So uh, you know you got your explore talent, you have your nine nine, you know what I mean? And I'm like, I'm looking at all these comments, and I'm like, these poor people are going to give these guys money. The B of stars. So they uh, <laughs> they called they called an actor friend of mine once, and I knew exactly. I said, let me pick up. So they pick, I, I pick up, I go, Hey, I, I tell them I've been in this business a long time. I know the scams you guys do. So you, stop calling my friend. I, I know what you're up to. They hung up on me. <laughs> Let me tell you. I, Cause what they do is they, they lure people in with all this promising dreams. And they say, oh, okay, come in for an interview. Then they're going to say, Oh, $500,000 for photos and then money for this money for that. Mm-hmm. You never pay. You never pay unless it's to your agent. You get the role. Right. 10% or whatever your manager. You exactly. Know. I remember because I remember I remember as a kid, I uh, my mother took me, and you know they did the whole run, you know the whole the the whole build up line line reading. Oh, you're great! So this is this is what he'll be paying. So my mother goes, okay, we'll be back. We leave. My mother turns around, like we're not coming back. And then you know I'm telling my mother, I'm like, why? And she goes, no, this is scam. Mm-hmm. Fast forward about thirty years later, they do the same for my daughter, and you know my daughter really doesn't want to. You know she she doesn't want to really be in, in front of the camera. But I was like, let's go check this out anyway. Let me just see if this is official. Paint by numbers, same thing. Same thing that they did to me when I was a teenager. They did the same thing to to, to us. And I go, something's never changed. <laughs> I was like, so, I was like, what are we well, doing? That? That's one of my biggest pet peeves, man. Yeah. I I really it it gets me so mad, bro. Like, and and the people are falling for it, man. That's like, you know, I share posts on Facebook, all over social media. Do not, you know, fall for this. And you know, I I can only reach so many people. You know, that's another thing. Social media is like they take advantage of everybody's on social media, so they take advantage and put these. Like I I block them, and they they just pop up under the different names. Oh, get a role in the blacklist. Meanwhile, I know who cast the blacklist. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, get out of here with that. <laughs> I know it's a, it's a, it's such a, a everybody's Damn, just shady, and I think the that's probably lower than than um, than probably wrestling or, or or 
or for for TVs and movies is probably music. <laughs> it's probably even more seedy yeah. and dirtier. Oh sure, I'm sure. So you have a um, you have a you have an event coming up. You have a match coming up. Where where, where are we going to be at? Uh, Titan Championship Wrestling in Tom's River, New Jersey. Uh, it's celebrating uh, Steve Monster Max 25 years in wrestling. Um, um, wrestling in the JPW Originals match against Magic, a sweetheart of a guy, and um, even but he's not going to be a sweetheart that night, so I'm not going to you know hurt him. <laughs> and Crazy Ivan, another great work, great worker, and, and you know, crazy mofo. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing there's going to be a lot of old faces there, like Louie, who I have a huge history with, well, that's Louie. Yeah. Uh, Steve Mack, of course, and bringing uh, Burns, Luciano, you met, you know, Burns. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> He's going to make somebody hold his pocket that day. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it, man. It's, it's going to, it's going to, I don't know. It's nice to see that you know old faces and meet new people, and you know so many new people that I haven't met yet. It's uh, uh, uh yeah, looking forward to it. Before I, I haven't been in the ring for two and a half years. And wow, I'm sure everything be cool. Yeah, uh, I did one show in 2018, and before that was a JP Legends match, and then yeah. But you still look. I mean, you you look good. You still you look like you can go at any moment. No, I appreciate it, man. Um, yeah. I mean, I was bigger than I was last year until when I caught COVID, uh, when it first came out. Uh, like, I was, I mean. Oh, you got the I first, more you got the first run like of COVID? <laughs> you got yeah, COVID yeah. when it first came out? It's like. <laughs> yeah. Bro, I'll show you a picture, man. I was 250 and muscle. Like, I, I worked so hard and had so much, like, muscle mass. Right. Uh, three weeks, I lost 50 pounds and all that muscle. Wow. Yeah. And, um. So that's why I'm down to like this now. I mean, but I'm, I'm kind of happy where I'm at. You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of better. And I mean, I'm getting more toned now, you know, so I just go lower. Cause it gave me a hernia also from the cough. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, shit. Uh, Listen. Yeah. Now you just, now you just, you know, you, you, you have, your, you have your figure, you, you're watching your weight, <laughs> you know, you, yeah. we keeping, we keeping it tight as, as, as they would say. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But listen, yeah, no, definitely. Man. No, but you look, you you look good. You look fit. You look, you're ready to go. Yeah, listen. Appreciate it. Yeah. We're not gonna we we're not gonna we, we start knocking at that door of the big five zero, and it's like mm-hmm. oof oof. Time is flying, man. It don't it's even. Crazy. Uh, <laughs> but February already. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm like uh, but listen. <laughs> I, before I let you go, we were at um mm-hmm. we were at uh, uh GCW's Hall of Fame, the Independent mm-hmm. Wrestling Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. We were there, mm-hmm. and. I I I had I explained it on the show. I said, you know, for for you know, people's thoughts would be, you know, their style of wrestling. They really, you know, brought it out that night. It was really nice. People, mm-hmm. were, you know, were, were decked, you know, they were decked out and such. But when you look at Homicide's table, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can tell that they put us there for a reason. <laughs> it was like. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, we were deep that night. Bro. Oh yeah, like, and we 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 you know we we had our tims. Crew, yeah, we had our tims. We were um mm-hmm. had our hoodies. You know, everybody yeah, yeah, everybody yeah. was uh, we were comfortable. We were comfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So I was like, yeah, I'm, I was like, yeah, I'm at the right table. I'm at the right table. <laughs> <laughs> but that that was that was such an amazing night, man. I was happy for homicide. Happy, you know, and also happy to see everybody and. 
that was uh, really cool of GCW to do that. Yeah, know? it was and, a good uh, night. Because Homicide deserves that and much more. Yeah, yeah. I, I already told him. I said, um, "Get ready, because you're gonna have to start building you a a, a Hall of Fame uh, um, shelves and stuff." Because with the Ring of Honor announcement, you're definitely gonna get yeah, him down yeah. one too. So, mm-hmm. no, bro, bro. I told him, man. I don't know how it, he, he's still like in his twenties, man. It's crazy. I know. <laughs> I, I know. I know, oh, bro. Reaper, bro. I don't want what they're having. <laughs> they can have the first run. I'll go in second ballot. <laughs> <laughs> But Jerry, thanks for being on and let everybody know where they where they could get you at and where we're gonna see you besides uh uh in the ring. Where else what else we got upcoming? Uh let's see. Just look out for me. I just did a print campaign, uh should be on build posters and billboards somewhere, I don't know where, for a thing called Daily Pay. Uh my website, uh dot dot com. I'm on I'm on all the social media, Jerry Tedisco on all of them. And only thing with Instagram is Jerry Tedisco with two O's at the end. We'll talk. I I I want to I, I, I want to I want to network with you. We'll talk and um, we'll we'll, we'll have more conversations down the line for the show as uh, as well. So thanks again for dropping by, sir. You got to appreciate for having me, man. Thanks. Turnbuckle tabloid. Three, two, one. Turnbuckle Tabloid.